0: saying how much they want a strong woman what they
1: really want is a cheerleader
2: i'd like someone who's physically very frail and won't stop
1: talking i just want what everybody wants i seem to have a harder time getting it
2: everyone and welcome to Maximum Film, it's episode 296 and a kitty god has some tricks. It's your host Ivey Way, and in the booth with me are my friends, so let me introduce you to them. Now, we have a beautiful, wonderful, great, ecstatic, amazing critic, master of all things Christmas, I actually have a Christmas related question because I'm doing a Christmas script and I was like, lucky me, it is none other than Alonzo Duralde, what's good?
1: Oh, I'll tell you, Ify. uh, You know the popular online meme, get yourself a man who... (laughs) I want to give a shout out to my husband, Dave White, because get yourself a man who will subject himself to an off Hallmark Christmas movie just so you can spend time working on your book. And I just I can't think of like a greater love hath no man for his husband than to sit through the thing that he watched so that he could then go on the Deck the Hallmark podcast and talk about it. Uh, That episode is now up. So please go listen. If you've never heard Deck the Hallmark before, Dave is sitting in for me on my usual monday slot and is killing it talking about a movie that premiered on pluto tv if that tells you anything <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> look we all love you know all the extra tv brands that you know people never heard of and it's very funny that the new one by amazon sounds like it fits right in like freebie mm. freebie
1: sounds like a Tubi and a and a pluto <laughs> tv like, like <laughs> when is it it's freebie because IMDb TV didn't catch on. That was the first go-round.
2: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's too many uh, letters, sounds. Yeah, yeah truly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, speaking of letters, we're going to talk about a letter, uh, and, and that letter is... MN, it's the queen of the Midwest, Trey <laughs> Clark, Super Festival programmer and producer. What
3: is good? It's so rare that the step you take is an awkward one. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled well, to have been I, a I, I
1: Stuck to the landing.
3: Yeah, yeah, I forgot the
2: abbreviation of Minnesota. I really it was, was running in.
3: <laughs> um, it worked for me. Uh, what is good with me? So I've definitely mentioned my love of. RuPaul's drag race in the past my love of drag queens in general and obviously it is of interest to everyone here that there's this burgeoning wave of absolute terror when it comes to uh Especially a lot of legislation that pertains to drag, but is really coded for just tyranny against queer people. And so what is good about that is there's actually a telethon happening May 7th, which I believe is the day that this episode comes out or just shortly thereafter, called Drag Isn't Dangerous. And, uh, I mean, a good old-fashioned telethon, I'm down for that, child of the 80s, gonna love it anyway, that this one is raising money to fight against sort of tyranny and oppression in a number of red states that have been passing legislation. Uh, The money raised will be going to charitable LGBTQ plus causes, which support out-of-work drag artists and transgender people. A lot of my favorite performers, old Trixie, Trixie Mattel, that I love so much, is going to be taking part. Um, but also, other like Bob the Drag Queen and Jinx Monsoon and Manila Lizon and all sorts. Yes, and Jackie Beach, Sherry Von, Va- like all sorts of people. Uh, Margaret Cho, uh, Charlize Theron. Why not? Anyway, Drag <laughs> Isn't Dangerous, May 7th. Look it up, call in, support, give money great cause I'm very excited and looking forward to that
2: yeah no that sounds exciting and great and I think everyone should be checking that out because uh, yeah more important now than ever uh, you know but Florida just decided to go to war with everything you know you got they're they're at war with drag they're at war with with Disney you know what they're not at war with kids uh, shooting up school you know that <laughs> like that that seems to be a war that they're just like nah we they're <laughs> only straight. mad at books and school yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah truly it's it's wild so please support okay all right you know we have great guests on here and you know that on this episode it is no different it is screenwriter culture critic author of Bong ju Ho Dissident Cinema. My good friend, A great taste in food, great to eat food with none <laughs> other than Karen Han. What's good?
3: Yeah. on the show's what's
4: good. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And I also do think there's no higher compliment than good to eat food with. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. As yeah. As Absolutely. As as um, for my thing, though, I will say, By the time this episode airs, I guess it might have already started, but we are taping this on the eve of the potential writer's strike. And I have to say, while I'm Mm. not happy, of course, that the situation has necessitated such an action, I always love to see collective action and worker solidarity.
2: Yes, indeed.
1: Beautifully said. Yeah, it's been great.
2: You know, um, for those out of the loop, you know, we already got the surveys of where we're going to be picketing. So, of course, me and the homies have already (laughs) uh, tried to plan where we're going to picket. It's a good time. Uh, You know, we we don't know now. We record at a little inside baseball. We record at 7 p.m. (laughs) Monday, midnight. They have until midnight to come to a deal. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's very much I'm imagining it's much like air right now, you know, <laughs> so you know uh, some of the writers are off at someone's mom's house the, 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 the CEO of Netflix's mom's house to, to, to strike a great deal mm-hmm. uh, and I'm glad I mentioned air because you know something uh, Ben Affleck really coming out we talked about it a little bit on the AirPod, but he recently I don't know if y'all saw the interview I retweeted it where he made sure everyone got points yeah. on it and it's the mm-hmm. highest paid crew in the history of Hollywood because of that so yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. so all of that, that, you know, uh hell
3: yeah.
2: Here's <laughs> to equity. <Yeah>. Here's the <laughs>
3: equity. If he what else is good with you though
2: what else is good with me is uh, not only did I get a Costco membership uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, now? yeah oh yeah I got we we, we Costcoed up around here but uh, if you go to the Costco in Alhambra not only is it just like you know your usual bulk Costco fare it's bulk like Asian foods too yep. so it's Ooh, nice. it, it's double trouble for your boy and you know and I will tell you the thing that really put me over, and talking about labor rights and the people and class wars, was the fact that the CEO of uh, Costco in a meeting when they discussed raising the price of the $1. fifty hot dogs, yeah, yeah. said, and I quote, if you raise the $1. fifty hot dogs, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I was like, you know what? It is, I am overdue. Let me get a Costco membership yeah. because that's what I'm talking about, Because baby. that's
3: the kind of CEO threat <laughs> I want to support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> if you're trying to raise the price of this highly affordable thing, I will, yeah, let's do more of that. Let me do that air. Yeah. Let's do. Let's do. <laughs> let's let's
3: yeah. go hot dog air.
2: Yeah. Oh wow. Well, we're talking a lot about movies. So let me tell you about what the movie we're gonna be talking about today is. Did that make sense? Only you can tell me. We're on an adventure to save Japan with Suzume, <laughs> and later, we'll test our knowledge of movie inspirations. But first, it's time for ididic our movie news segment. It stands for Is This Important? Do I Care? Uh, where we go through the week's movie news and discuss whether we think it's important, and if we care, Andrea is going to kick it off.
3: I sure am. So several years ago, actor Ava Green signed on to make a movie called A Patriot, signing a $1 million pay or play contract, meaning that she would get paid regardless of what happened with the movie, as long as she didn't quit. The film fell apart in 2019 after several budget cuts and filming pushbacks. Now a judge has decreed that Ava Green, who sued the production for her fee, is due her million dollars. Is this important? Do you care?
1: I mean, if we're talking about labor and, you yes. know, a, 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 a honoring agreements, I mean, yeah, that's what that deal means when you <laughs> sign that contract. It's, it says it right there. You got to yeah. pay if you don't play. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people they think, oh, you know, these, these movie stars and their money, blah, blah, blah. But no, I mean, that this is an important precedent for people all up and down the scale in terms of a lot of these producers, maybe you get these companies that are just being thrown together with the purpose of making this movie and they don't really exist except on paper but like Mm -hmm. they still have to honor their commitments
4: it's funny also reading the details where it she makes it sound in the testimony and since the judge agreed with her i assume that this is the case that she was really the only person attached to the film and it was just kind of a mess kind of holding her to the deal the entire time which is sort of funny because it, it, I feel like it must happen more often than we're aware of. Cause I recently read uh, Tim Blake Nelson's new book, city of blows. And the central plot is this, where it's like <laughs> people purposefully trying to bog down a movie from getting made in order. Although in that case, it's like in order to get at the people who are trying to make it, which I'm sure is hopefully not the case here.
3: I think yeah. this one in, in this is a, a strange comparison but this case reminded me of there's this great documentary called Hot Coffee that I recommend you checking out, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is about um, the McDonald's being sued for the woman who had hot coffee spilled on her, mm-hmm. and how their their whole thing was trying to make a mockery of this woman um, being litigious in this thing, but the reality was she suffered remarkable like third degree burns on her whole body. It was it was a it was an enormous medical issue for her and traumatic and all of these and that i feel that this has been presented in the same way of like oh look at this actress Mm -hmm. who just wants to be paid Mm -hmm. for doing nothing but the reality is like and i have certainly said no to people who have asked me for paid or play when i'm doing contract negotiations Mm. because i have small budget indies and i know that you need to honor those but for most films of this ilk and this was an indie they are raising money on Ava Green. Like that no. is part mm-hmm. of what they're paying for. It's paid or play because when you agree to that, you're confident that it's going to be made. And Her whole argument. And they're locked in
1: until it is made. Exactly.
3: Mm -hmm. And rightfully so to have this huge changing of the hands. They brought in a whole new producer that she didn't trust, that she didn't like his vision. He completely changed the shape of what it would be, what it would mean for her career, all of these things. So I anyway, good for the judge for backing that up. But it is that thing that I get very like twitchy of the immediate read of it, of like, oh, Mm -hmm. this represents greed or laziness on this actress's part when it's so much more of those like twisty inside baseball shenanigans
1: and you're you know I'm sure she was probably turning down other paying gigs in the meantime Mm -hmm. because she was circling the airport thinking this thing was going to happen
3: and flexing her own film capital of who is she enticing like actors who are the face of a project like that are doing a lot of legwork most of them aren't full producers but they're doing a lot of those parts Sure.
4: It is sort of surreal, though, that part of the case is Ava Green's WhatsApp text log, where it's yes. like, Ava, even Ava Green is like on WhatsApp.
3: <laughs> well, she's probably only on WhatsApp because, I mean, she's French. So, like, what else is she yeah. messaging on? All of my European friends are I say, on I'm, WhatsApp. I'm
1: only on WhatsApp because of my sister in Spain. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I get yeah. it.
3: Although it is, I will say to her defense, I'm like, oh, crap. Nobody ever wants to get sued because they absolutely put up a bunch of things where she, how she talks trash about this producer. I'm yeah. like, that is artfully bitchy and French of you. And good for you, <laughs> it's very funny. But she was like, well, that was humiliating.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the fight continues. Uh <laughs> Uh, but speaking of fights, uh, maybe like one against Bowser, the entire Super Mario Bros. movies got leaked thanks to a Twitter Blue feature. I'm sure you too wish we could stop talking about Twitter Blue in our movie news segment. <laughs> maybe next week. <laughs> maybe not. This week. What's, there, what's
4: the count now? How many Twitter Blue? It's twice.
2: Ooh, yeah. just, okay, okay. Just a two. Yeah. That's but We're fine. running it up. <laughs> <laughs> But this week, there was a movie news indeed when a user posted all of the new Super Mario Bros. movie in, two, in a two-tweet thread, making use of a feature that allows Twitter Blue users to post one-hour videos. The tweets were eventually taken down, but not before garnering millions of views. Is this important? Do you care?
4: I mean it's so funny it's
5: so
4: funny and also just the fact that like I also saw the entirety of Avatar The Way of Water yes, tweeted out in the, the same way and I was like this is good like I mean like I don't want to watch the movie this way but objectively like it's very funny
3: I, I, No, I agree I'm anti-piracy in general but also I'm not worried about the bottom line of either Avatar or <laughs> <Yeah>. Super <laughs> Mario Brothers like, movie both has like, earned
1: a billion dollars at the box office
3: but I did see this and i clicked on it and i'll say my biggest takeaway and they they could almost thank them is i was like this is how i learned that super mario brothers is under two hours because it was yeah. yeah it made it into two tweets and i was like oh see now that makes it automatically more appealing to me that'll be the oh, thing yeah. later is this
1: a two tweet movie or a three yeah. tweet movie because i don't know that yeah. i yeah uh, um,
3: oh. it was a sort of like, I'm not on Twitter often, and I did, it happened to come through my timeline when Avatar <laughs> Way of Water was on there, and I clicked on it, and like, the it's befuddlement on my to watch face, r- uh, truly, well, as everybody knows, I watched Inception on my phone, but <laughs> I, I clicked play, and I was like, the fact that I'm actually watching Avatar on Twitter right now, like, how, every, what that represents in terms of, every single yeah. safeguard on twitter being gone like oh, yeah. that, that 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 would exist beyond 30 seconds is funny mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. those were they were up for hours like hours and hours there was something like 9 million views on the super mario <laughs> brothers that yes. is insane. Uh, everyone I mean, wants to watch it again.
1: Meanwhile, if you try to post a movie review on YouTube and you use 30 seconds of music from the trailer, they're going to shut that down. Exactly.
4: Exactly. Yeah, they still have a copyright team.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. Oh yeah. No. It's 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 very interesting because that the I think the thing that makes it hurt even more is that they get to show exactly how many people watched it, and I'm waiting for. <laughs> the eventual <laughs> lawsuit because 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 that the, you you literally wrote the lawsuit for um illumination yeah where they can be mm-hmm. like this is this is if this many people saw it times this many movie tickets right this is how much elon should pay me I, this mm. this side is going down um somehow it, it's it, it is, it is it is only.
3: I think it's just going to end in one of those like 1990s, like under construction gifts, right? Like you're going <laughs> to yeah. just, you're going to turn on Twitter and be like, oh, this is, this is, and it has like the janky construction hat. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Tick tock. It'll
1: and, be, it'll be design an an
4: presence a to be shot. A
1: vast yeah. desert with only Clippy standing there.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. Aww. <laughs> (laughs) No, save him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So uh, CinemaCon just wrapped up last weekend. Uh, It used to be called Show West, but of course, they've now named it to sound more like Comic-Con. And frankly, that's probably the way to go, because like Comic-Con, it's pretty much just a parade of trailers and movie stars with very little actual content. Uh, What they do is offer the Hollywood studios and theater owners a chance to get very excited about what's coming down the pipeline. So, of course, every single movie they talked about is going to be the greatest film ever uh this year they had a lot to chew on especially bouncing back after the pandemic movies like barbie wicked the color purple musical mission impossible 7 pixar's elemental martin scorsese's killers of the flower moon oppenheimer and the hunger games of the ballad of songbirds and snakes were just a few of the titles to get hyped and teased at this year's event is this important do you care
3: CinemaCon, or the artist formerly known as Showbiz West, (laughs) it's so funny because it is, it's Comic-Con, but for all of the people who make those things, so there's a whole up your ass element to it that's really exciting, but it's also... An absolute, as they would have said in the 70s, cavalcade of stars. Like, <laughs> it is such A-list talent. There are so many stylists working for CinemaCon. Like, everyone just looks impeccable. It's a whole thing of, like, movie stars. This is why film is important. Yeah. Um, I Rihanna's do think, here to
1: tell you about playing Smurfette.
3: I mean, truly. And Rihanna did tell them about playing Smurfette. Yeah, like, that's
1: not just a Mad Lib.
3: Nope, that's true. But so... I, I did read it, and I was like, oh, I actually am excited about this. And there was a much more positive, like, optimism this year because box office has been improving. If you didn't watch it on Twitter, some of the films that were on Twitter <laughs> did really well in the box office. So, there, you know, people are feeling a little more spirited. I'll say, too, what's important to, to sort of what we talk about here. Is there there were a few nods from some of the streamers that are leaning, including like Apple and Amazon Studios that have said we are tied to doing theatrical releases for the big films that we have. We are acknowledging that that is part of a successful film release is garnering audience attention and excitement through through actual theatrical um, exhibition. So I think that. That was good to hear. It's always nice to have them uh, have that thrown back at them later when they're like, cool, cool, one week of, uh, of like Scorsese's film or whatever. But yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, and of of course, you know, in the same way that the Oscars this year had to prepare themselves for not letting the slap happen again, uh, CinemaCon had to make sure that nobody got served a subpoena on stage this year Mm. the way that Olivia Wilde was last year. We're always (laughs) putting the toothpaste back in the tube after the thing happens.
3: Yeah, (laughs) Listen, I've been braced all year for someone to serve me all year i'm like if this could happen to olivia wilde it could happen to anyone (laughs) that's how subpoenas work right am i getting
2: that right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, she was the last
4: one to get got
2: (laughs) 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 on that note we're gonna take a break but when we come back we're talking suzume so stay right there following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall making their way to the ring from the tights and fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio
1: the hair to beware danielle radford it really is great hair the brit with a permit to hit Lindsay Kell!
2: The Queen is dead! Long live the Queen! And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Upland!
1: See, I can wrestle and be an announcer!
2: Get ready for tights and fight! Listen every Saturday or face the pain! Find us on Maximum Fun! Now ring the bell! Welcome back to Max Film. I'm your host, if you are the in the studio with me are
4: Drea Clark, Karen Hahn,
2: Alonso Duraldi. And today we watched a new anime film from writer, director, and artist Makoto Shinkai. His previous work includes films like Your Name and Weathering With You. Drea, would you mind giving us a brief synopsis of Suzume, or as I've called it, Suzume?
3: <laughs> so Suzume is the title of the film and also our protagonist. She is a 17-year-old girl living on an island in japan um who has been raised by her aunt after she lost her mother as a child um and she one day runs into a smoking hot stranger yes you will have a crush on this fictional animated character and uh, he says he's looking for a door somehow she finds that door in an abandoned area and uh R- magical things happen and they're not good. Um, of that, a few things happen. The, the stranger she brings home and he turns into a chair. There is a cat and she has to keep shutting these doors. I'm not making it sound cool, but it freaking looks cool. So yeah, <laughs> Suzume.
1: It's impossible to give <laughs> a plot synopsis of a Makoto Shinkai movie without sounding like you've lost your mind.
3: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
4: That's oh, true of a lot yeah. of anime, I feel like. yeah,
1: Oh, yeah. True. Well, you
2: know, that that leads us to the first question, which I'm not going to lie. I'm going to self-serve. I'm going to just let you know. But uh, <laughs> Super Producer uh, uh, Marissa asked, people unfamiliar with anime might not have rushed out to see this film. What separates anime from other kinds of animated film, and where does this movie fit into the scope of anime? Now, if I'm being pedantic... Anime, Go off, uh, oh please do! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anime, nothing separates because anime is just Japanese for animation. Yep. Uh, but the way it's kind of been colloquially, colloquially. Understood is that it's the it's the typical style. Uh, most people associate the style with the subgenre of shonen anime, which were targeted as young boys. Where it's usually one person who was as weak at some point in some way, who will overcome that through friendship and hard work and become the greatest there ever is. That is Pokemon. That is Dragon Ball Z. That is well, that's more Dragon Ball. That is uh, My Hero Academia. Naruto. But you know more of the, the you know the, the letterbox gang was probably the anime they're used to is things like Akita and uh, um, Grave of Fireflies where it is like these kind of like uh, all, I'd, I'd say like large subjects animated which uh, is something that I feel personally that we don't do enough in western you know films you know I feel like when we do adult anime we get sausage party which is great but it's like you know yeah. we, we don't don't do things like flee. We don't do, you know, like I feel like we somehow has have um, relegated animation to like four kids. And it's very
4: much still, yeah, a genre perception problem yeah. to, to what you were saying where it's like, this is why Guillermo del Toro has to go to awards shows and keep telling people <laughs> animation is a valid art form. Like Japan doesn't really have that problem to the same degree at any rate. Like I know yeah. there is a bit of like, oh, anime's for kids or whatever perception there as well. But it's definitely not as prevalent as it is yeah. in Western
1: countries. A- every animation director I know loves to harp on animation is not a genre and animation is not just for children. Yes. But yeah. unfortunately, the people who signed the checks for animation in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. still haven't gotten that memo. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes.
2: Oh, the story of Hollywood just summed up into a... Uh, precursor into a discussion so <laughs> um, it's it's so funny because I have an interesting kind of take on this but I'm going to ask everyone first were you aware that the film was drawing on uh, real natural disasters for its locations
5: um, oh
4: I didn't know going into it because I hadn't really read that much about the movie but I figured it out pretty quickly mostly because I am familiar with the Tohoku uh, earthquake and tsunami disaster partially because Bong Joon-ho actually made a short film about the
2: incident. Ooh, it's this spicy. That's uh, Which, which <laughs> short
3: film Tied was it? Tied back in perfectly to your uh, yeah. knowledge base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's
4: actually part of an anthology uh, called 311 uh, Sense of Home, which was meant to as a m- memorial of the Japanese uh, earthquake. So every director in the anthology made a three minute, 11 second short film uh, in tribute to those who were lost that day.
3: Oh, wow. Mm. I didn't know before I saw this film that that was going to be what it's about. But I also was familiar with the tsunami, mm-hmm. just as someone who lives on this planet. Um, and I found it a really effective way to tie in something that had supernatural elements. Um, and then to, to both make it really resonant What their, what she and her chair companion are fighting against and (laughs) and try yearning to like shut all of these doors to the other whatever side but also i appreciated that it didn't it didn't feel manipulative it didn't feel emotionally manipulative or like it was taking advantage of oh do you remember all of the loss and tragedy that came out of this thing isn't this a cute take on it it was more oh i'm processing grief In this way, and I'm using this art form and I'm using the idea of a super natural element to wrap my head around what the other side is like and, and all of these and I thought the intertwining of those is actually a perfect idea of how that this is a great example of animation that has a lot of adult themes. Um, But I do think could be accessible to viewers of many ages, like it's it's how much of that Mm -hmm. grief or, you know, all of those things that you're taking on and how much is just, oh, my God, there's a cat.
2: Yeah. Uh,
5: <laughs> Which
2: oh, was, yeah, no. uh,
3: we, they know, a uh, big, big draw for me. Oh, yeah, I, was so, big... I was like, nobody told, I would I'll watch this three oh, yeah. times. Check out this cat.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: No, it was, look, I was watching it next to my cat. And there were Aww. moments I kept looking like, that's you. That's you. Uh, causing too much problems. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, just to kind of harp on what Drea was saying was, yeah, there was a a... a Almost like a memorial reverence with this, because one of the big things is, uh, you know, they're they're locking away this entity. And to do that, one of the first things I have to do is to remember the lives of the people who were there. And um, really to just kind of deep dive even more, you know, I looked at a quote from Makoto Shinkai where he says, in Japan, it's customary to hold a jichin sai or groundbreaking ceremony before construction begins on a new building or home, but we do nothing when we close them down. So he kind of used this movie to create a concept for that where these places that are now abandoned and these people are kind of going back and remembering the lives that were lost and the people that were lived there and giving it back to the earth, like almost in the mm-hmm. prayer that's said within it, which is really beautiful when you look at it from that perspective. And I yeah. think really shows that yeah, it isn't a a stunt to be cool and exciting. It's a stunt of like someone who's really trying to you know, respect those who have passed away.
1: Yeah, it it keeps the premise from being exploitative, and and it also, I think, sort of addresses this idea that we see come up in, like, a lot of Miyazaki films as well, this idea about an abandoned past, about sort of places that are meaningful, that have just been walked away from, and the idea of these kind of carcasses of, you know, sort of once-thriving you know uh, buildings or markets or amusement parks or what have you And, and i think that sort of brings a level of uh loss and sadness to the film you know whether or not you you connect the the events with with you know the sort of natural disasters the whole movie has a sort of melancholic tone about a lost past Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and I have a question to pose to the podcast, which I, I wonder if you guys agree or if I'm just being the grump here. But I think, again, conceptually, I think this movie is really brilliant. And I think you're totally right in that it doesn't come off as exploitative, which is really hard when you're dealing with a subject matter like this. But at the same time, while I was watching this, I sometimes felt like the it wasn't totally earned or like just because the characterization I thought was not quite as strong as the other elements in the movie. Like, I think the concept is really strongly thought out exactly what the, like the doors are, the cats and everything, the way that those things intertwine are really great. But Suzume herself and Sota to a degree, I'm like, I understand your archetype, but I don't feel as connected to you as I wish I was. I actually have
3: the opposite in that for me, the reason that she stood out to me and why I appreciate it, because we've, I don't know if we discussed both your name and Weathering with you, but I've certainly seen both of them. We definitely um, did your name. In our
2: name. We did I your name, okay. We, yeah.
3: um, that, And then I think I liked that so much that I went and saw Weathering with you. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think one of the strengths I saw about Suzume, both the film, but also the character, was that her youth, and the idea of we meet this girl who has been um, like was orphaned young and then has been shaped by that. And she's so much of a character as a teenager who's still coming together. She's still figuring out her purpose and her identity and so many things. And so then the uniqueness again of like the, the handsome stranger has turned into a chair, a sentence I've now said twice and thought <laughs> I would never say in my life. And because of that, it's, it's not a romance it's everything is just all of these different avenues for her to learn more about her identity and her strength what she can bring to this world what she can tap into in terms of her own history and things it might fully be that i was projecting a lot more into it than was actually on the screen but i found her really affecting in those ways of of those of what i was able to see in her and and how it differentiated from what i'd seen before
2: yeah. Uh, but I could be
3: I, I could be alone. Yeah, I could no. be the anomaly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no. I was it's, for me it was like the Suzume kind of like i kind of was following i think the one thing i missed it was is just understanding that like her mom died and she just didn't realize it uh because i was still like wondering if she was gonna see her mom Aww. but i do i do think uh you know the soda character the the one thing was when he missed his test and he's like oh i didn't bring it up i was like oh i feel like He'd be talking about that the whole time. Like we need to fix I need to be a human. I have a big test I've been training four years for. Yeah. Like which I think would have also been a funny, interesting thing. Yeah. And I understand why because they didn't want it to seem like this person didn't care since it is based on these real things. But I do think a college student would be like, yo, I cannot be this chair. I got <laughs> a big ass test.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know, was I, saying that all the time in college. I
2: cannot be a chair. I, I got t- a Spanish test. Uh,
1: <laughs> and yo soy as uh, uh, Malo. No, I, I actually, I, I will agree with Dre on this one. I, I do think that, I mean, the, the the characterizations in Your Name and Weathering with you are interesting and they work into the story really well. But I think here it, it does, it's different, but it's equally effective. I'll, I'll say that. Hell yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: I do, I do though again the idea of the characters in general how they're approached and i love artists sort of subverting their own work and expectations and so you do still have he's very good at pairing people right at like having these e- either they're far apart and coming towards each other or whatever and i the fact that they're such a likable buddy role i mean but that there's still a flirtation between her and the chair or like an interest or or that and that the the, is it sota that's what i keep screwing up thank you i'm like and then the chair is having these philosophical sota's having these philosophical quandaries and there's honestly like a get out element of this that he's being locked into this space and sort of lost to the ether I thought those were handled really well in both not being, oh, is this uncomfortable? Am I supposed to be concerned that the chair is sleeping in the same room as so, like there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of dumb things that could have been but instead you're getting so many new characters introduced. Like it's they're traveling across the country, right? Like they keep being helped by different strangers. And every one of those strangers has an interesting backstory. Yeah. Like, I the love mother, the friends we made
1: along the way.
3: <laughs> right. And that they're all sort of unique and twisty and also not what you might expect at first glance i think there's a really fun just plethora of characters you're exposed to the whole time and it also gives you a broad i mean yes animated but i learned something about the japanese rail system that i wasn't expecting (laughs) i learned do you know what i mean like there's there's a travel log element to this that i was like oh i didn't see that coming yeah. I also, while we're talking about
4: Sota, I read, and maybe I'm misremembering, that Makoto Shinkai originally wanted that character to be a girl as well. Like, he wanted both oh. of his leads yeah. to be female. Yes, and because the re- studios yeah. were like, we, it can't be this gay, he was like, fine, I'll make it a guy, but he's going to turn into a chair. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is how you handle it. How you an like anti- me now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. You want it to be another straight relationship? Done. He's furniture. The guy is... Inanimate, yes, yes,
2: oh, yeah, it's 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 good, but speaking of the the travel element, as someone who'd like just left Japan, yeah. I it was it was very fun for me. Like this shot in the <laughs> Shinkansen where they see the beach, I saw that and I like oh, I paused wow. it and showed Emily, I was like, We were there, we were there, she's like, Oh, okay, I'm like, But we were there, we saw this in real life, you remember these, you remember when we ate the katsu sandals, they got that there, the katsu- I drink a beer that was us i was totally like guy who just went on vacation this whole nice. movie uh it was it was a good time and that really made it fun for me
5: there's no point
4: in watching something that takes place somewhere else if you can't go like we used to work there, or, like, yeah, we sure, there. every time i watch succession and they're in the financial district i'm like we used to work there
3: hey if anybody ever shoots anything in white bear lake minnesota i'm gonna have the same reaction
5: <laughs> i get there it there you go
3: You know, I'll I'll speak to, in terms of how things... I have not been to that beach, but the animation in this is so beautiful. Like, the cinematography Mm -hmm. of it, like, all... I I would like to go to that beach. And that's the other thing is, if you're going to do an animated story, and certainly it doesn't have to be this way, fine, make a kitchen sink drama and draw it. Do, Do what your heart desires. I don't like to tell artists how to approach their craft. But I love the idea... This film, if you filmed this, first off, you never would. It, it would be 90% yeah, don't green do that. screen, so
5: please don't. <laughs> don't do
4: that.
3: But thank you. Thank you for using your art form to unlock storytelling. Like the idea of what we're getting of this. I keep saying the supernatural element, but you're kind of getting a peek into uh, the afterlife, but also something like it's a its a mixture of things or there's an entire action sequence on a ferris wheel there's all sorts mm. of things i'm like yes. yes if you are drawing things draw ink draw this is what i want to see like do oh. all of these things and Shin- so beautiful Shin-
1: shinkai's food and vehicles are like some of yeah. my favorite things in movies and i mean like again that's you know like you go back to miyazaki and like his rice balls yeah. are perfect you know uh but but yeah the way that shinkai like i mean there's that whole scene in weathering with you where somebody makes like a salad or something and it's just you're just like drooling by the end of it or eggs i can't remember what it is but something just crazy and uh and yeah this movie just all of the the little details of you know the snacks they get along the way and the trains and the ferries and the cars and all of those things uh i just i love the way he captures that stuff
3: i i made me wish that there was more of iffy's vending machine discussions I watched yes. it and was like, "Oh yes, I know that snack thing." Oh, if he has just mentioned it,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> would we'll watch, we'll watch a whole documentary about Japanese vending machines. Absolutely. Look,
5: I just
2: need y'all to understand one thing about the Japanese vending machines: is they dispense
1: hot drinks
2: yeah. too, yeah. and that that is one innovation. That I'm like, I just we need to put a, we need put a, a point
4: d- in for Korean vending machines. Uh, they do that too.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Don't worry. Every
5: Justice every 11 <laughs>
2: Every Seven Eleven, every everything, M just keeps going. It's like, well, wait till you see Korea's. Well, wait till you see. Koreas. Like, right, <laughs> she, she's finesse- on the right side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, she's trying to get this Korea trip popping, and you know what? She just might, because uh, yes. I need, I need, yes. I, I need a great Seven Eleven again. I need it. <laughs> All right. I guess it's time for us to go ahead and vote and the Ooh. way we vote for movies here on Max Film is the top one being screen it stream it being the second level and skip it being pretty self-explanatory <laughs> so who wants to kick this thing off?
5: I'll go Ooh.
4: <laughs> I volunteer which is not something I, I feel like I usually As do tribute. but uh, yeah exactly please no um, I would say screen it like I think I watched this on my laptop, and I thought it was good, but I definitely feel like, especially with animated movies, and I mean, movies in general, most of them are made to be seen on a big screen, like, you're supposed to go really take it in, and with something like this, the better you can see the small details that the animators have put in there, the more, like, rich it will seem to you, and also, it's beautiful to watch, it's beautiful to look at, the colors are so gorgeous, everything about it is, like, very breathtaking, so why not go to a movie theater and watch it if you can? But also, if you can't stream it,
3: good call. I would also be a screen it. I very much enjoyed this. I really think it is it's very deftly handling um, loss, respect for the dead, um, natural disasters. Like it's, it's piecing together all these huge metaphysical ideas, and it's putting them around this kind of cute adventure. And I think it tonally works on both sides. Um, It's beautiful to look at. I found it a very enjoyable view, but I do agree. I I saw it also on my tiny screen and uh, (laughs) I wish I, I, I feel it's something that could Behoove a large one. And, you know, it's something that would fit within two, twi- two tweets on Twitter.
5: As
4: long as you before the last credit. So, yeah. That was the most important discovery out of CinemaCon that Barbie what? will be a two-tweet movie. Oh, there you <laughs> go.
1: <laughs> Suck it Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm for sure a screen that I also watched it on my laptop and kind of wish I hadn't just because there's so much to drink in here. But uh, I, I'm uh, hoping that I get. An opportunity at some point to to see it the way that uh, the master intended, but yeah I, I think this is it, it, it it's it, it's beautiful you know uh, in terms of the visuals but also in terms of the way that the story is told, the way that we get to know these characters um, and yeah I, I just this guy's one of my favorite uh, animators working right now anywhere on the in the on the globe and uh, yeah it, you know take advantage of him having a new movie out and go see it in all of its splendor
2: yes uh i am screened as well i am also on team wish i saw it on a big screen especially with some of these like wild action shots big larger than life scenes so uh yeah if you have the chance definitely see it and if not uh Hopefully we'll get to watch it uh, on, a, on a streaming platform and have a 72-inch, <laughs> a flat screen TV, HDR oh, uh, rated, by actually 75 inches.
4: Absolutely. <gasps> Wait, I have one more rating question, which is there seem to be at least two, maybe three cat aficionados on the call. I have oh, yeah. to ask you guys, where does this cat fall on, or where does Dijian fall on your grand ranking of cats?
3: Okay, it's a great question. I wish everyone (laughs) asked it, so thank you, Karen.
4: (laughs) You're welcome. Um, It's my pleasure.
3: (laughs) Very high up there here, my only qualms with keeping it from, like, the... To me, the pinnacle of cats, of course, is the cat from inside Lewin Davis um, Mm -hmm. that (laughs) has my heart forever. Just a placid, stupid ginger cat. Yes, get in my life. This one would be up there, except for it's also... um, It is a key, so it's real hard. I'm like, well, I don't. My cats already have delusions of grandeur. I don't. (laughs) I don't need to like introduce this whole other thing. So that's that's the only thing sort of affecting my rankings. Yeah,
2: that that, my also the yeah my um. The, the ranking is less of the key and more of it gets all scraggly and weird when it feels not loved and there's so a sad. lot of points when this cat will not feel not loved I'm playing video games uh, I you oh. want to sit on my lap while I'm watching Suzume and I'm telling you that you're in front of the laptop and I can't watch it. Why don't you sit on this side? And you why don't you move? Right. You're so rude. Yeah, yeah. Does
4: the fact that the cat can puff up change the ranking at all?
2: Well, see, that's mm. why I was going to say Sajin is, is way better. The big cat, because I was like, I ain't seen a cat that big. And I would like to experience that. <gasps> huh? I would like to see. If that he wants ol-
3: to be held like a cat <laughs> by yeah, yeah. a cat. Yeah, I get I that
2: yeah I need I need that Beethoven Mm -hmm. size you know the (laughs) you know let's do that you know yep. let's do clifford the big red cat let's yes. see what that's talking
1: about good. i am not a cat person uh it was a pretty good one but it's it's no uh gg from um uh, kiki's delivery service It's true. Yeah. Oh, nice um but you know shout
2: out to rum tum tugger and skimble shanks uh well skimble are, shanks uh, come on <laughs> the railway cat
4: he has a job
2: yeah. yes yeah. Which ranks him higher than any cat? He's not a freeloader. He's That's out there right. working. Yeah. <laughs> the train right.
4: cannot leave without him. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. Well, we'll be right back after we hear from another show for maximum fun.
5: And here's what some of the listeners have to say.
4: It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile.
1: I just started listening and I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish i discovered it sooner.
5: You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org.
2: Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, if you want In the studio with me are...
1: Alonzo Duraldi.
0: Karen Hahn. Drea Clark. And me, Marissa Flaxbart.
1: Hi!
0: Hey! Yeah! (laughs) Well, I'm here to deliver a quiz, and this quiz is going to be different than any one that I've at least delivered here before, because it is going to have an audio element. Mm. Uh, Instead of me asking long, complicated questions, it's going to be sounds that you'll hear. Now, I have named this quiz Sliding Doors. Uh, (laughs) It's a door-themed movie audio experience. Uh, as you guys referenced in your description, uh, our movie today, Susan May, doors play a very important part in it. Uh, we've got doors to other, another realm. they got to get shut. They're constantly opening up one after another. So I thought, why not look at some other great moments in movie doors?
1: <laughs> as long as it's not Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison.
0: <laughs> no no, but um i got some uh assists from the team at MaxFun hq to see like what what am i missing here and that definitely did come up <laughs> all right so i thought maybe since it's doors you guys could shout out like knock knock and that could be <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Is
1: that too stupid? yes and let's yeah, do yeah. it yeah right, i'm ready to knock
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's just sort of blow him past that. All right. um, And we'll start with number one.
5: Hey, we got a dead toy over here. Oh, we're
4: coming.
3: We all yelled it. Yeah. Not, yeah.
5: Not, yeah. That
3: all was right. everybody. I know we all had that one.
0: I'll Everybody's share that. got it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Monsters, <laughs> Inc., baby.
0: I meant to say at the beginning that most of these clips have some point in them where it will become incredibly obvious. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay,
5: cool. But we've never
0: done something like this before, sure. so maybe I don't know how hard or easy it's going to yeah. be. So we don't mm-hmm. have to wait for the clip to end to yell knock-knock. You do not. Okay. I have the time codes written down so I can Incredible. skip right to the next one.
2: Great. Okay. Ooh. Uh,
0: all right. Here's the next one.
3: Hell, I won't argue with you anymore. Open the doors. Knock-knock. knock-knock. <laughs> space Uh, odyssey 2001 a space odyssey yes oh he said
0: hal didn't he yeah he sure did he did (laughs) i gotta play a little more of this one because it's just so great
5: this conversation can serve no purpose anymore goodbye
3: (laughs) oh just too beautiful all right
1: open the pod bay door hal
3: that's right i end a lot Um... of discussions that way
0: (laughs) 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 all right moving on to number three you guys are doing great
1: then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. Oh,
5: knock!
3: knock, knock! The Shining. (laughs) That's right. Jesus. I'm so sorry. I wish that we had been recording visual because everyone's face is listening to the shrieking. Some of our best work. (laughs) 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 Well, the the, uh, coup de grace in
0: that clip was Jack Nicholson saying, here's Johnny. but uh,
2: (laughs) But when I heard the chops.
0: Even so, I still had to cut out several seconds of... Screaming uh, just because it's like this is too much to subject the <laughs> listeners to, <laughs> and the and the players. We say us, no
3: problem, but the <laughs> listeners.
0: All right, here's number four. Listen carefully.
3: Of Oz. But yeah,
2: I was gonna say <laughs> Wizard, of Oz, the Wizard of Oz. I was waiting mm-hmm. for more comp. I'm gonna start. I honestly
3: knew it. Yeah, immediately, and was like, nah. I- That's amazing. Settled this one, I up. wasn't
0: quite sure how hard because the yes, because there's something
3: The door, the yeah. Yeah, 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 I knew what you were doing. I Have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
0: I saw a really cool video the other day about how they made that shot. Uh, the switch from black and white to Technicolor, even though the Cameras were totally different cameras at the time, mm. so they had to fake that it was in black and white. Anyway, moving Ooh. right along, as you can see, I, I pulled a lot of clips, so
5: <laughs> keep hey, going. Yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> it's someplace new.
4: <laughs> oh, night, uh, knock, knock. This is Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas, right? Uh, <laughs> it's
2: Nightmare ah. Before
4: Christmas. You guys are so good at
0: this game.
2: Yeah, we got some good ears.
0: <laughs> yes. Lots of practice. All right. Here is the next one.
5: My name is Craig Schwartz. Uh, and we operate a little business here that simulates for our
3: clientele. Well, the the experience of of, of, of being you, actually. Simulate? Yeah. After a oh, fashion.
1: Good
2: John Malkovich.
0: You got it. Alonzo uh, had that one, yeah. Just one of my favorites. Here's the next one.
3: You know, I'm not sure you two have quite got the idea of this game. Were well, n't you wondering Well I was? Knock. That's the point, <laughs> Drea. This is Harry Potter. Uh, is it Prisoners it of Azkaban? Is
0: not. Oh, I'll play the rest of the clip. We'll see if anybody can Go. get it. That's the point.
5: That was why he was seeking you. Does this mean I win?
3: I don't think Lucy wants to play anymore. I think.
2: Knock, knock. Oh, I do. The out. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe.
5: <laughs> Which that is funny, because
3: right. I was mm. thinking that beforehand, and then I convinced myself it wasn't, and I was like, no, it's probably Potter. Yeah? They're
0: little British accents.
3: Proud of you, Ify.
2: Yeah, hey, look.
3: Proud
0: of you. All right, I'm gonna skip ahead to this one.
2: Ooh. Emergencies. Uh, here it is. In case of emergency, draw a door. Uh,
5: uh.
4: Draw a door. I don't know why we keep looking in that stupid book. I know, that's what I should don't try. Remember that Beetle little. guy.
5: Oh, oh not
2: Beetle,
3: beetle Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Alright, my plan to put a clue at the end of every. <laughs> I was like, that's off. definitely Gina. I was trying to think if there was a Harold in the Purple Crayon movie <laughs> because that's a very Herald in the Purple Crayon thing. There
1: to was, do. There was supposed to true. be
3: yeah i thought so
0: okay this depending on how close you listen this next one will be really easy or really hard you can speak i can hear you
5: who are you i am the creator of a television knock, knock. show truman show hope and joy.
0: you got it mm. that was wow that was really fast wow <laughs> amazing <laughs> the truman show I was like,
4: all right, that's Ed Harris if I've ever heard him. <laughs> <laughs> a giveaway.
0: A dead giveaway. All right, I just got a couple more, and then uh, here's the second to last one. Here, get on it. Get
5: on knock knock, oh, knock, 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 Titanic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right.
1: You
3: can't that talk Titanic? doors without old Titanic. Was it a door Is or there... a
1: bed frame?
3: True. It was a door. Oh, okay. A door, I think. Mm-hmm, famously. If a it's two two not a door, door,
0: I'll cut this whole section right <laughs> out of there. I can't. I have that embarrassment on my on my head. Alright, last one.
3: It's a riddle.
4: Oh yeah, there you go.
3: Speak friend.
4: Yeah, I mean, and we all know this one, right? What's the Elvis word for friend?
2: Yeah. Oh. No, no, yeah, right? <laughs> <knock>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Alright. Go for it. Fellowship. Of the ring. <laughs> I was
3: yeah. like,
5: oh, how
4: far do I need to fill
5: out the, yeah, yeah. Fill All out the
4: right.
0: <laughs> you guys did great at that. I hope that was fun for everybody at home. Yeah. yeah. All right. And with that, I'll let you guys uh, have the rest of your show. Thanks for letting me uh, drop in here.
2: Thanks, Marissa. Thank you. Thanks, Marissa. All right. Well, you know, you know what time it is. It's time for staff picks. It could be any movie at all. Who
1: would like to start?
3: Oh, I'll I will. Go. Oh, go ahead. Alonzo, please. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I, here's the thing. I've been uh, working on this stupid book and not seeing movies, which has been driving me crazy. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, three... Physical media releases of early Ooh. films by Makoto Shinkai that uh, Shout Factory put out on Blu ray. Uh, the Place Promised in Our Early Days, Five Centimeters Per Second, and Children Who Chase Lost Voices. Have I seen them? No. Do I own the Blu rays? Yes. I will get to <laughs> them at some point, I promise, because I, like I said, the three Shinkai films I've seen, I really dig. So I want to go back and see the ones even from before your name. But um again, always loving to, to like to promote the physical media around here, so uh, there are these these lavishly put out um, blu-rays that G kids and Shout Factory did, and uh, they've got audio commentaries they've got interviews with Shinkai they've got storyboards uh, they've got shorts, all kinds of cool stuff. so if you are a Shinkai fan, you'll want to pick these up to watch on your 75 inch UHD system <laughs> <laughs>
3: Tied that right back.
1: Yeah. Booyah.
3: I'll go. I actually have a motion picture that's by a previous sweet, sweet baby of mine. Um, Matt Johnson, Canadian filmmaker. The film is called Blackberry. Um, I programmed (laughs) uh, his first film, The Dirties at Slamdance literally 10 years ago and he and his uh his regular collaborator Matt Miller who co-wrote uh, blackberry are back at it Matt is a mad genius he is a very dynamic interesting hilarious filmmaker and blackberry is similar to air uh, much better than Tetris um, but it is a, a biopic about the people who made blackberry um, which Some of you knew well, and the younger of you are like, who dis? And that is exactly what that movie is, how you could drop the ball on having (laughs) the most well-known handheld computer phone device. But it is funny and real. And another friend of mine that I would not dare call a sweet baby because he's a grown man, Glenn Howerton, plays one of the leads in this, along with Jay Baruchel, it's just Canadian goodness all around. I love
4: the implication here that Matt Johnson is not a grown man.
3: <laughs> He's not. He's a sweet baby. He's a sweet, sweet baby. Please keep an eye out and see it next week when it comes out. I
4: was I like screamed when I saw this trailer in the theater because I knew like of the movie. I knew Jay Peruchel was in it, but I had no clue of Matt Johnson's involvement. And I know him primarily from his YouTube stuff, Nirvana, the the show. And like that was my primary frame of reference. Like, oh, holy shit. Like, it's it's the YouTube guy. Like, this is fucking terrific. I'm so happy that he's made a movie.
3: If you've seen that, then you understand that he's the sweet baby.
4: Oh, well, that's true. That's very
3: fair.
2: Yes, indeed. And I'm going to just keep the, you know, anime movie train rolling... Uh, this one is by Kichi Sato. Came out in uh, 2016. It's actually CGI anime, which you know, back this was in 2016, it, like there was a huge rift in the anime community. People being weird about it, as because you know, <laughs> uh, anime fans are known for their uh, reasonableness yes, and understanding absolutely. of things different. But Gantz Zero, which is a, uh, yeah, it's it's based off of a manga, uh, just basically a story about uh, just a, another someone. You know, gets murdered, wakes up in a room, finds that they have to kill demons for points, and the rest I'll let you discover. Uh, But yeah, yeah, classic, classic anime.
4: (laughs) Who among us has not experienced this?
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, But yeah, it's it's uh, good stuff. I really liked it. It it was one of those things I kind of just like. Popped on a while back because I, you know, I've heard of Gantz just uh, from the mm-hmm. anime community, but I was like, oh, was this CGI? And it actually looks really cool and stuff. Uh, so good stuff. Uh, yeah, Karen, Karen, bring Karen, us home.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you guys talked about Bo's Afraid on this podcast yet? Oh my god, no. yeah. Well, then but, that's going to be my recommendation. It is in theaters now, and you should go see it. But I will add one caveat, which is that don't like. Be ready to be swept along when you go. Like, don't go in being like, I'm going to hang on to the rock in the river and not be swept along. Do not do that. Uh, Marissa has put in the chat, don't go on mushrooms, which Ari Aster has also said about the movie, but also I think, but why not? Like, it's, it'll be a different experience for sure. But look, if you have the mental fortitude, then why not do it? Anyway, I think Bo's Afraid is really wonderful. Uh, and you should go see it in a theater while you can because it is re- it really is made to be, be- seen on a big screen.
2: Look, after having watched uh, Noah on edibles and having to confirm with my friends after if there really were giant rock ogres in the movie. That's amazing. uh, (laughs) Like, I I, I always do a sober watch first before doing it because man, (laughs) I tell you, I was was like, did I, or is this happening? Because I went to Catholic school and we didn't talk about rock ogres. (laughs) That wasn't a chapter. Not in in my copy. yeah we did not bring up rockovers yeah. I was so oh,
5: hysterical
2: you, oh I wish I could have had an out of body experience where I could see my face because I know I must have had the wildest look uh, but yes uh, I'm going to go excited. see the first
4: Hobbit movie and being like yes. oh shit they're back, <laughs> they're back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no I'm I'm a big Ari Aster uh, fan uh, you know big big shout out uh, shout out you know I've, I've, I've praised him before and i love a film where people are are, where it's split as a as a as a fan of mother exclamation point i am a fan of movies where people are are fighting about whether it is bad no in between whether it is bad or it is good and you know you go and see which side you uh land on
3: it is famously a a three tweet long movie
2: (laughs) yes yeah look if it was bordering on four i think
3: no. It's almost also, a four tweet. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. I have to say, that was like one of the first things that I think I really discovered about. Myself at the very least um, in the world, like as a in in terms of like film criticism and cultural c- criticism in general, where I was like, it is much better to create a piece of art that swings wildly for something and doesn't accomplish it than yeah. to create art that doesn't try to do anything at all and accomplishes that just fine. Like it's a bigger crime to be boring than to be bad, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah. agreed. I like you're that. in the right like space that. for that as your ethos yeah oh yeah well
2: look let's keep the moon rolling (laughs) uh thank you so much uh to our guest, karen
4: thank you guys so much for having me on the show of
2: course what do you got going on that people should look out for Oh, well,
4: as if he noted at the top of the show, I, at the end of last year, published a book called Bong Joon-ho, Dissident Cinema. It is all about the director Bong Joon-ho's work. It is part of a series of monographs that Abrams does with Little White Lies that includes books by Adam Nayman on David Fincher, the Coen brothers, includes Hannah Strong's wonderful book on Sofia Coppola, and now my book. Um, also, in the meanwhile, I'm, I still do a little bit of cultural criticism and I am doing a little screenwriting and you can find me on Twitter if it hasn't imploded by the time this episode comes out <laughs> at Karen Y. Han. I'm also on Instagram at the Karen Hahn uh, and on Letterboxd as I, at I think just Karen Han. It's really bad SEO that my uh, username <laughs> is different on all these platforms, but because my name is relatively common, uh, it has been tough to <laughs> to keep a hold on. Anyway, that's what's up with me hell
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trey and Alonzo thank you for another wonderful show next week <laughs> next week we're talking about Are You There God it's me Margaret and if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show tweet at us at Maximum underscore film. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Maximum Film or send us an email at Maximum Film at org. Our producer is the wonderful Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. And this is a production of Maximum Fun. Bye-bye.
4: I love the way you said, "Are you there, guys? It's me, Margaret." As if to, it's like your weekly call.
1: You're like, "It's
3: me, <laughs> <laughs>
5: Margaret. It's me here.
3: Hey. hey, bitch! It's Margaret." Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. So, breaking news: apparently, the 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 Writers Guild and the producers did not come to oh. a, an agreement. Sorry. <laughs>